Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome everyone, my name is Vaughn Hyde. I'm the host of IndiePod, an indie games podcast. With the help of my illustrious co-host, the biggest of average Josh Boys, we bring you all the indie games news you need to know, as well as shouting out some amazing indie games over on crowdfunding sites and occasionally derailing to a conversation about big anime chesticles. We are so happy to be part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network alongside so many other awesome gaming podcasts. So if you love indie games, make sure to listen in each and every Friday. This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Hey, yeah you. Did you know that Arcast is on Patreon? Go check out patreon.com slash Arcast for ways to help out the show and get some sweet perks in return. It could be something small such as our $1 tier to show your support. Or join one of our higher tiers to get a shout-out, pick an episode topic, or even be a part of the show as a special guest. Even just sharing our show to your friends goes a long way. Once again, that's patreon.com slash artcast. Thanks for helping us, and keep it retro. What's up, Argonauts, and welcome to another Retro Gaming Podcast. This is episode 204 of the Rcast. I am your host, David Gilson, and with me is someone who's got some rare things on sale, stranger, Candace Shane. How's it going there, Candace? I do? <laughs> well, according to Animal Crossing, anyway, so... Yeah. <laughs> got some rare turnips on sale, stranger. <laughs> Those are my nips. If anybody got some good prices for a Sunday, let me know. Uh, please let me know about your nips. Thanks. All right. Yeah, there you go. And uh, with us also is a very special guest, uh, our buddy here, Souza, Chris Souza of Pixel River PR. So how's it going there, Chris? Hey, it's, it's going really well, man. Thanks for having me here. It's uh, it's great to have a little Ardcast debut for Resident Evil 4. It's uh, one of my favorite games, so excited to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because um, we did, uh, what was it, the Tetris panel during PAX East, and um, you know we were just kind of like, talking about like how we need to we like, killed it. coordinate. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. We we absolutely killed the panel, uh, but we were also talking about like how we need to like coordinate and like work together or like get together in some way because we're both local actually, and um, you know then all of a sudden the coronavirus came in and put like a damper pretty much on all like those those like potential plans. Um, but at least we're, we're able to get together like, during, you know, during this episode and talk about, you know, again, one of your favorite games here, Resident Evil 4. So, uh, but before we get into that, uh, we want to get into some news here, uh, starting with Resident Evil 4, actually, because uh, there's a Resident Evil 4 remake that is being rumored. Uh, so there are reports uh, which have emerged here from VGC, Jimetsu, and through the Twitter account of Dusk Golem, uh, which all point to Resident Evil 4 remake uh, being on track to arrive sometime in 2022. And uh, these uh, these rumors also indicate that that, uh, that the work on the project has been led by M2 Studio uh, since the developer opened in 2018. So um, I had to like do like a little bit of research because I know that uh, there's like another M2 games, I believe, is what they're called. Like M2, this is the number two that are working on like retro games that come up for modern consoles. But this is a different M2, apparently. So uh, this is apparently an M2 that's being backed by Capcom, uh, which makes sense in this case. So. 
Uh, Chris, let's have you start off. What do you think about a Resident Evil 4 remake? Because I know this guy caused like a bit of a hullabaloo on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Resident Evil 4 is like one of the two games that like I am most excited for a remake, but like not really ready for. As much as I'm excited for it, I don't think it's time for it yet. I'm kind of disappointed that Capcom is going this way if these reports are true. Because uh, there's a certain title that they're missing they need to make first, especially because the two uh, past remakes have been looting to Code Veronica in a way. I won't spoil right. that. But I think a lot of people have been like waiting for like a Code Veronica remake to be announced at this point as well. But you know, apparently they are skipping to Resident Evil 4, at least judging by these rumors. Do you think like your hesitation, I guess, with it is more because of the fact that this is one of your favorite games or because that it's, it's just like too much Resident Evil from Capcom? Uh, see, I'm actually... As even though it's my favorite series, I'm totally on board for analyzing this as long as they are well done. You know, like they're if you're going to use reused assets for these cool uh, 3D shooter remakes like two and three, you know, I'm down for that every single year. But RE4 is not that old yet. Uh, there's definitely some elements that are pretty outdated by this point between like Leon's like really cringy dialogue. You know, the, the movement is very, very stiff. If you have if you put that game in someone's hands now who has never played it. Like, I gave it to my wife, and she was just like, this is terrible. And I was like, well, how can you say that? I love this game. <laughs> but uh, it's 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 starting to show its age, especially in the visuals, and its brown, yeah. poopy-looking exterior. It's definitely very brown, very gray, yeah. The it, Morrowind yeah. filter, as I call it. it it's definitely a oh Morrowind filter, for sure. Yeah, yeah. everybody, yes, every absolutely. game had the Morrowind filter in that, like, that five years' time. Exactly. And it's like you could bring you could bring something like uh like Oblivion to you know to HD oh it's already HD but something a little bit prettier, but Morrowind would need to, a complete remake. And something like Resident Evil 4, I think we're probably at least I wish it was like five years out, but if we do get it, then so be it. I'm, I'm still excited. It's a little hesitant. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned before actually about like reused assets and like as much as Resident Evil 3 very clearly anyway use reused assets from Resident Evil 2 remake, with Resident Evil 4, that's definitely a very different game. Um, in terms of like its setting and certainly with the assets I feel like that you need for that. Uh, certainly like the engine like they already have in place, which will speed up the production for this game if it is actually coming out. Um, I'm, I'm just not sure, like you said, like if this is actually needed. And I know personally for me, actually, I was like hoping for them to make a Dino Crisis remake, actually, just because if you can imagine yes. that Resident Evil remake, um, like engine, if you will, uh, but used for dinosaurs, <laughs> you know, uh, it would just blow my mind. Like, especially if you think of it, like, you know, if, if you play Dino Crisis at all, and uh, there was like that scene where um, there's like a T-Rex that like uh, bursts through like the office window. And like, I could only imagine that with that particular engine. That'd be absolutely amazing. Um, Candace, I was, I was actually kind of curious on what you thought as well, like whether this is like needed or whether you're like excited for it or not, or like basically like your thoughts on it. Well, I'm, I can tell you right now, I find it interesting. I'm a huge Resident Evil fan. Like, I have played every single one of the games. I even play those awful Operation Raccoon City things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I played the House of the the, the Dead, like knockoff ones. I played all of them, right? I love Resident Evil. I feel like they need to stop remaking them. Hear me out. We have other games that <laughs> could use that, like Parasite Eve. Or, well, I mean, like in terms of like Capcom IPs, though. I know, but I'm saying like there are games out there that I feel like were right around the time of Resident Evil that were incredibly like cult favorite. Like people love those games. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing all of that remake stuff happen with pockets 
of games. Like they're remastering, like Square's remastering and remaking their Final Fantasy stuff, right? And we love that. Final Fantasy VII Remake is is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. But then like you kind of like stop and you go, well, they're making all these Resident Evil games over here. And Square had Parasite Eve, right? Wasn't that them? That was them, right? I think that was Square. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. Well, what are they doing? They could be they could be remaking that and get some of those Resident Evil people. Because there are not a whole lot of Resident Evil people that I know that didn't love the hell out of Parasite Eve. I mean, you wouldn't want a remake of Iron Guys, though? Or... <laughs> what are you doing? We're friends here. I thought we were friends. Um, but like, and like, also, like, you know, Dino Crisis. I feel like it's such a no-brainer. And I feel like it's kind of lazy to keep remaking these Resident Evil games. Because we're getting to a point now... Where, like, what are you remaking? Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, well, granted... Well, they're remaking money, basically, at this point. Because they, they, you know, they know cheap. that the Resident Evil games sell. Yeah, exactly. It's cheap yeah. to me. And I, I loved Resident Evil 2. I feel like that was fascinating. You know, that was a great remake. The stuff that I've seen of 3 is like, okay... All right. Like, you probably would have gotten a little bit more wow out of me if Resident Evil 2 hadn't just come out. You know, like we hadn't really even worn in Resident Evil 2 before they're like, oh, you want Nemesis to come busting you up and scare you a little bit? We're going to do that. Oh, we're going to yeah. we're going to redo four too. How about four? And like you skipped Code Veronica, which if I was going to want to play a remade Resident Evil game now that I've already played two would be Code Veronica. I've already mm-hmm. I've already dealt with Nemesis. I don't want to go back. I mean, Code Veronica, I feel like, is in need of a remake a lot more than Resident Evil 4 anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> it looked like garbage. Yeah. And that's by, like, the standards that, like, I played it before. And I, I played it on Dreamcast. And I remember just going, ugh. Yeah. And that, I wasn't like, all about it, not, personally. <laughs> right. It wasn't good. Um, we we could we could do a lot better than that knockoff Leonardo DiCaprio guy. Um, <laughs> you know, we we could do all of these things. I think far better. But will that happen? Probably not. You know, I don't think. I think the fans of Code Veronica are fewer than you think. And mm-hmm. I'm sure there's going to be people who hear me say that and go, "But I love Code Veronica." I'm sure you do, but. <laughs> Overall, I don't know a ton of people who liked it as much as they liked three and four. So if you were to be like, hey, four or Code Veronica, a lot more people are going to say four because four was incredible. Um, That's the one that has the lasting impact for sure. Yeah. And the thing is, is like four, I don't think needs to be remade, remastered properly, maybe given like some control situation that makes it feel better for sure. Um, but other than that, it just needs some polish. It's already a great game. I don't want anything changed. It would be cheap to change that at any point when the game by itself is already good. And any game after that you try to remake, you're you're just taking advantage of Resident Evil fans, I feel. My case with a Code Veronica remake, though, is that like it's already been snubbed once. Like Code Veronica was Resident Evil 3. Right. But with like the with the spiking sales of, of the Dreamcast, they said, hey, like this spinoff thing we're making with like the scary dude in Raccoon City. Let's make that three. Let's make this, you know, this is the moneymaker. Now we're going to make the Dreamcast game, the spinoff. And it's a shame because like something like Code Veronica was the like foray into 
3D for Resident Evil, even though it was still fixed camera and kind of very, very little tank controls. Mobility. Uh, and like you said, David, with tank controls, it was kind of like going from Mario 3 to Mario 64. But like it just it just kind of missed that. It was just it, it just didn't get far enough in that. And then I guess RE4 ended up being that eventual, you know, evolution. But it's it just kind of disappoints me that Code Veronica might get snubbed again just because mm. uh you know it holds a huge, huge place in the lore as well, especially like Wesker's yeah. whole story. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we get to see it in some form, even if it's like a, a tie-in. Maybe. I mean, maybe if they did like Resident Evil 4 remake, but then they had like another team possibly also working on Code Veronica is almost like, I don't know, kind of like a side spin-off kind of thing. Like in, like an even smaller bite-sized version of what the actual game is, but still tells that story, maybe. Kind of like how they did with like Resident Evil uh, Resistance, I believe it's called, like the multiplayer ah. uh, game. Uh, with Resident Evil 3, <laughs> maybe they can have like a more bite-sized experience of Code Veronica with Resident Evil 4 Remake. I mean, that, that's kind of like an idea. Um, but the question I wanted to kind of pose to both of you, actually, before we move on from the story, actually, is like, which other uh, Capcom franchise would you like to see get the remake uh, treatment here? None. None. Oh, None. my God. How dare you? <laughs> I mean, there's so many good ones, honestly. So. Um, honestly, one, spicy I, take. I, I get concerned about remakes because not every company nails it. And mm-hmm. well, Capcom has nailed it, though. Capcom has done well. <laughs> um, I think Resident Evil 2 was really, really, really well done. I feel like it brought a whole new kind of group of people into the history of Resident Evil. Uh, younger folks who I think their only real knowledge Resident Evil was the the more recent titles. I don't know if they can do that constantly. I think Resident Evil 3 was meh. Um, it, it was not the big thing that Resident Evil 2 was. And because of that, I feel like we're only going to see more diluting of of the franchise and that makes me concerned is this just about money and that's okay basically like live yeah. live you know <laughs> you need to have a business businesses need to make money i completely mm-hmm. understand <laughs> i get it um but when it comes to games that i i really hold dear i don't want all of them to co- possibly be changed around and adapted into something that is not what I remember. <laughs> totally, totally. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I don't want somebody's first vision of Resident Evil, you know, four to be some remade nightmare. I know for me anyway, like Dino Crisis is certainly high up there, but if I had to get like any other game uh, to see come back in some way, whether it be like a remake or even just like remastering of the older games, uh, Power Stone is kind of like tops for me, honestly. Oh, um, awesome. I, I, I want nothing more than a Power Stone 3 in the worst way. I think that would just be amazing, especially if you imagine like on Switch with like the multiple controllers and all that stuff. I mean, that would be like, incredible. Um, you know, that or a um, or like a Rival Schools game to come back as well. I mean, like, I, I just love to see that, you know, see that franchise come back. I'd like to see Beautiful Joe come back in some ways. Yes. I mean, Capcom has so many quality franchises and IPs in their library that. You know, I'm glad to see that they're doing well again because, like, they seem to be on the verge of bankruptcy uh, not too long ago uh, when Street Fighter V came out, basically. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, they, they definitely still seem to be trying to play it as safe as possible by just kind of sticking to, like, their biggest franchises, uh, which is basically Monster Hunter and Resident Evil. So 
Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But another Resident Evil related story that I want to kind of get into here as well. Uh, there was a hospital apparently uh, that used the Umbrella Corporation logo from Resident Evil uh, for their updates folder for COVID nineteen. <laughs> so um, a little a little sinister, but also a little funny here. Um, you know, as far as like, what it means and everything. But uh, it says here like a hospital's nurse uh, shared on Reddit the icon their hospital is using for the COVID nineteen updates folder, and it's one for the gaming aficionados. The icon they uh, they've chosen is really similar to Resident Evil's Umbrella Corporation's logo. Uh, I will go as far as to say it's not really similar. It is the logo, basically. But yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen this. I remember back in I think December or early January when like when Corona was like pretty much like unfortunately not being talked about at all uh, in the states. And like I, I remember hearing about it and be like, oh my god, this thing is like it's a it's an anagram for raccoon. And which is, you know, the, the city in Resident Evil, and it's a virus. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, okay. And then technically, it's it's actually not because like Raccoon City is two C's, so there's only one C in Corona. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's 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 fine. Like if you <laughs> make your work fun, you know, this is a, a harmless little icon that is probably some someone in either IT or someone that's a nurse is, uh, you know, a gamer and wanted probably to... IT. I'd say, yeah, 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 probably <laughs> probably IT. I <laughs> uh, was just like, hey, you know what? No one's going to know. I'll put this on here. Yeah. Uh, Candace, is this a logo that you would choose for your updates folder for COVID-19? <laughs> Are you really asking me that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you asking me that? Yep. No. No. <laughs> I, would not. I would not in a million years do something so irresponsible and insensitive. You mean so to... awesome? <laughs> <laughs> it is not awesome. Scaring people is not not good for any of us. I mean, I don't think anyone would like know what the logo means anyway, unless you're a Resident Evil fan. No, I, I think we should leave that be. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, next thing you know, they're like Trump will catch wind of this, and then he'll like start like telling the American people that COVID nineteen actually causes uh, people to turn to zombies. In this case, so <laughs> uh, I guess that could be like the worst case scenario <laughs> from this happening. But uh, for now, we'll just kind of have like a good laugh out of it. Welcome. So that's going to lead us now to the part of the show called What Are You Playing? We'll get some games we've all been playing or have recently beat. So, Souza, with you being a special guest, why don't you tell us what you've been playing? Sure. So I know it seems like you guys are not as as into it, but uh, Resident Evil 3 Remake has been something I've been a big fan of. I don't think it's it's not nearly as good as 2, uh, but just like the original, uh, it is a less great version of, <laughs> of, a, of a similar situation that's going on in the same city, but action-based. And the problem with the original is that it was very, very... Uh, it had the same combat as 1 and 2, which is not that great, unfortunately. And even though they implemented where you come from in that case but yeah (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) but even though they they implemented a dodge in the original three it was like kind of like you would do it accidentally but they made it a true mechanic in this game and um i'm not sure if you're aware but like i uh, for fun will speed run resident evil games so i started with a seven and i went to two and two i did i did all right i was like 53rd the last time i checked on console for like speed runs and now with three, I'm doing the same. It's a really, really fun speed run to do. You need to basically dodge every single attack, and it's really, really like precise. It's almost as if it's a, a Bloodborne esque kind of like from soft fighter in in like some of the boss battles itself. I could totally see that. Yeah. So yeah, I've been uh, been doing that a lot, and right now my best time is an hour and like 18 minutes so far. But I got a long way to go. Well, I expect to see you in Summer Games done quick then, in that case. <laughs> uh, not exactly that good, but hopefully one day. <laughs> yeah. How about you there, Candace? I'm also here. Sorry, I was handling 
some some crazy things have developed in this house. Um, there's a a wounded squirrel upstairs just sitting in a raisin bran box. <laughs> <Okay>. So um, <laughs> I wish I could tell you I expected that to be what was going on. You know, all the screaming and bits. Yeah. Yeah. That's what was going on. All right. So so what are you asking me? Uh, so I was asking what you're playing lately, aside from Animal Crossing, I guess. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, let's get into that. Um, sorry, still trying to wrap my head around Wounded Squirrel in a Raisin Bran box. <laughs> me too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll keep everybody updated. I, I want to know more, too. Um, so I've been playing Animal Crossing, and last week there was the issue of Rodeo, right? Uh, Rodeo is the terrifying bull with the red eyes that lives in my village. Well, I moved his house, right? Like I've, I've essentially beaten, you know, quote unquote, the story of the game. So like I have all these tools at my disposal and I can do all these things now. And I moved Rodeo's house closer. Um, and I have used barbed wire to enclose his house. You can get barbed wire um, in the game? I didn't even know that. Can. Yep, barbed wire fence. Yep, wow. I have a barbed wire fence around his the perimeter of his house. I um, dug up all, I made it all dirt in his yard. I gave him a weight bench outside, and I have lights that are always like blaring into his yard. So I've given him a prison to live in. Basically, and I yeah. found out, you can close in their their houses so that nobody can get in or out, right? But like if you go indoors or you save and exit the game, they can just phase in and out of those fences all they want. Mm. Um, so I've determined that I don't necessarily want to do the prison thing anymore because it's like a pain in the butt to constantly like take a a chunk of fence down and let him in and out, you know, or whatever. <laughs> Cause like there are all these rumors and like the, the fastest way to get rid of your people. Right. Mm-hmm. Isabel is useless. Um, she, is. she will not get rid of them. I don't even know really truly what the point of her is. I think she's just having a weird relationship with Tom Nook that nobody wants to talk about. <laughs> it's a and piece that's of fans, basically. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. But like, she's not going to help me get rid of him. And, I I started like looking into other methods of making him mad so he leaves. So I just followed him around and beat him with a net. And that just upset him, but he didn't leave. <laughs> and then they're like, well, just don't talk to him for a few days, right? Well, sometimes that's impossible because sometimes he's the one doing the DIY stuff and I have to get the recipes. <laughs> right. So then so I was like, useful okay. in this case. Yeah. So you do like yeah, him. Yeah, like some. <laughs> some. I don't like him. Just I just need him. what he's got. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just need I to need use him in got. this case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wish I could get rid of his DIY table so that way he never gets to make anything and then I can just not talk to him, but I can't do that, right? So what I started doing, and I'm very bad at it, but I'm trying. I'm learning I'm learning pixel art for this. I'm making signs, um, like picket signs and um like shame signs in order to <laughs> embarrass him enough to leave. It's basically just like, you know, get rid of the bull um, and, and a lot of very ugly things that I don't want to repeat here. I'm very angry at this 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 uh, villager. I want him to leave. Hashtag no more bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. It's bullshit. Um, <laughs> um, I don't like him. I I have tried desperately to get rid of him. I found out today that if your friends like if you have friends who have frequented your island and like you frequent in their island and they've spoken to your offending person you're trying to get rid of, sometimes 
they'll leave and go to your friend's island. Hmm. I don't want to do that to anybody I care about. It's like a disease is like affecting out there. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to do that to anyone. So now I'm just angry and I've got nothing I can do about it because because literally somebody that my friend Adam was trying to get rid of because he couldn't stand him just hopped ship and went over to his wife's place. Wow. And now she's stuck with this guy and everybody's unhappy. I don't want to do this with Rodeo. I don't want Rodeo to go piss off somebody else with this nonsense. I can't even handle it. I'm sure he belongs um, somewhere, right? <laughs> I just I just know that like there's all these methods of trying to get rid of him and it's nonsense. Anyway, so what I'm trying to do now is create lore so that I can somewhat be okay with what's going on with some of the people. Like, I have a hippo named Hippo. <sighs> That's actually the, the one that my wife and, is, like, dying to get rid of. He sucks. He yeah, with, sucks. The weird, <laughs> with the weird slanty, He's like, slopey face. Ugh. And, like, he is really annoying and pretentious. I can't stand him. <laughs> I But I had bigger fish to fry with Rodeo, right? So I just, I put his house up in the very top corner on the third tier. And... I put a bunch of gravestones around him and skeletons, <laughs> and I've essentially made him a witch hunter. I have put him up there. He never gets to interact with other people. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's just where he lives now. But I can't do that all over my island with Rodeo. I can't put Rodeo somewhere else. I'm running out of room. So Hippo is just going to have to stay. Rodeo's worse to me. <laughs> and and I, I'm learning pixel art so that I can make anti-rodeo signs to put all over my i mean hippo kind of sounds like that uh the hippo character from regretzko if you ever saw that show <laughs> no that far better far better, far better the one really? from the show far better oh, okay. no this one's really pretentious hippo is spelled h-i-p-p-e-a-u-x oh, okay. it's annoying it's annoying so that's what i've been doing and oh yeah i've been playing final fantasy 7 remake which is great but not nearly as uh chaotic as animal crossing so clearly clearly yeah <laughs> all right uh so as far as, as far as me i did beat the original final fantasy 7 playing it on switch and um i definitely enjoyed it uh it, it was i don't know i mean that's a game that you know if if you were to ask me as far as like you know great games or like highly acclaimed games anyway um that needed a remake that was definitely it for sure and um mm-hmm. you know so i did uh, you know so so i have started playing final fantasy 7 remake right after beating that and um, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Specifically, the music, really. The music is incredible in that game. I mean, I have like a good feeling that Final Fantasy VII Remake will definitely be in the uh, the Game of the Year discussion by the end of 2020. I feel like even if it doesn't win Game of the Year, it should absolutely win Soundtrack of the Year. I mean, it is just incredible. For I sure. absolutely love it. So well done. And yeah, like so far, uh, I you know I'm like up to the point now, like where you see Aerith for the second time when you crash land in her uh, in her church, basically. So. Um, haven't gone much further than that, but I do plan to rectify that very soon. So you mentioned uh, the music stay... too, but the the battle mm-hmm. music, no spoilers, but the the battle right before the whole church scene. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like a remix of a certain song that's been pretty common throughout the the remake, and it's it's so good. Like the uh, the the soundtrack has been the one thing that my wife actually uh, likened it to. Like my wife's a huge Disney fan, and she was like, "The music in this game is like the feeling you get when you walk into a Disney park." Where it's yeah. it's just like over oh for sure for sure just yeah it just kind of puts you in this this little world even just listening to it not playing it just mm-hmm. has a certain way about it 
It's just like a sweeping mm-hmm. orchestra and just really sets the tone. It's impactful. It's epic. It's just grand in scale. And yeah, it's just absolutely incredible. Uh, so definitely enjoying that. And uh, I've also started playing uh, like a new campaign, actually, for XCOM 2. Oh. Uh, so that's not as random as you might think, because there is actually a new XCOM game that's coming out very soon. And so that got me hyped to play XCOM 2 again. So uh, XCOM Chimera Squad is the new game that's coming out very soon here. And um, yeah, I have that pre-ordered already. I believe it's for 10 bucks right now. So definitely a really good steal. Why does the name sound like a mobile title, though? uh i it's not right it's not no no it's for steam so yeah (laughs) yeah i feel like chimera squad's very mobile game is well i mean if you see the trailer for it uh the like announcement trailer um you know it doesn't really kind of tell you basically what the game was so i did get you know kind of get like a little scared as far as like what is that they're doing with a you know with like an XCOM game and uh when i actually looked at the gameplay for it's like no it's just like a straight up you know tactical like rpg style like you know shooter game whatever and um, yeah, it's basically like XCOM, like as you remember it, but like more of, I think more of like a bite-sized version of the it's XCOM like a games that we've. Because I haven't. I it's basically a spin-off. Really. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's totally, it's totally a spin-off, and uh, you have like other alien races, you know, as part of like your team as well, which is pretty cool. So um, oh, wow. you can have like one of those like uh, snake enemies from XCOM Two as part of your squad, which is pretty neat. So uh, definitely want to check out if you're an XCOM fan. I'm, I'm definitely super psyched for it myself. Welcome back to the Stage of History. And that's going to lead us now into the Stage of History, which is a celebration of retro titles that deserve a spot, for better or for worse, in the pantheons of history. So I figure since we are talking about Resident Evil 4, we'll talk about another game here that was actually directly influenced by here, which is Dead Space. So, Dead Space is a 2008 survival horror game by EA Redwood Shores. It sold over 2 million copies and has been cited as one of the greatest video games of all time. Game designers Ben Wanat and Wright Bagwell originally intended to make System Shock 3, and the release of Resident Evil 4 inspired the studio to go back to the drawing board and develop something more along those lines. So um, it's kind of funny, like, you know, every time I hear uh, studios, like, on the verge of, like, making System Shock 3, it always turns into something else, it feels always. like. Always. So, <laughs> yeah. One day. Yeah, one day, one day. Uh, but Susa, let's have you start off. Have you played uh, Dead Space, and what do you think about it? Uh, I have. I've, I've like, that's one of those games over the years. It's just like the Borderlands 1 and 2. Where I'm like, oh, I love that game. And they're like, oh, how far did you get? And I'm like, oh, I played six hours of it, probably like nine times. Like, it was like every time I wanted to, to play, I'd play it with somebody new. And we'd always like start over from the beginning, and I would never make it that far. But uh, I think it's a, a phenomenal game. And I do think it's like the only good RE4 clone. Hmm. besides dead space the only like other clone we've really gotten was like the evil within series but those don't really count since uh shinji mikami you know was those are his babies as well and so was resident evil 4 it's like the only good clone and it's i'm surprised we haven't really seen that kind of combat come back you know how it's a the guns have horizontal and vertical like attack patterns i guess you'd say or or shot varieties usually it's like go for the head and this is like hey no you need to use different uh axes to make sure you can like cut off the limbs of these enemies because if not they're just gonna keep coming towards you so the horror genre has been around for a while now there's a lot of reused tropes but i haven't really seen anything like that where it's like you know you need to take them off limb by limb and if you take one off like that's not going to do much they're just going to use the other three to you know run towards you down a hallway and right it's a really cool take on the re4 uh, i guess play style but with like some really nice scythe elements and even uh, even powers like you even get a, the ability to slow down time so it's kind of weird yeah. that you know they they lost steam after the first but i hope they can come back and you know 
I revitalize a series or something. Yeah, I mean, I like Dead Space 2 as well, but Dead Space 2 is clearly going into a bit more of an action-oriented playstyle, uh, much like how Resident Evil 4 did. Really. And then 3 is just like, is basically akin to Resident Evil 6, like a, a bit of an embarrassment to these series. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, like, I think going, you know, having like that co-op element uh, didn't really do it any favor, really. Uh, that, yeah. That's just not, like, not a franchise to have co-op in, honestly. Um, but Dead Space 1 and Dead Space 2, honestly, they're, they're both great games. And Dead Space 1, I feel like that came in at a, like a perfect time, honestly, because it was after Resident Evil 4 and everything after Resident Evil 4, at least up until, um, uh, you know, um, at least up until 7 anyway, uh, just kind of like went full bore, like action movie, like Michael Bay kind of like, uh, like vibe pretty much, uh, as far as like how, how, you know, how it plays and everything. Um, and where like Dead Space kind of felt like we grew up on like the Resident Evil games like before and we wanted to kind of bring that like style back pretty much or just kind of like retain it in some way. So Dead Space anyway kind of felt like it was continuing on what the, I guess like the hardcore Resident Evil fans wanted pretty much. Like after absolutely. Resident Evil felt like it was abandoning those fans. So um, yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. Like, you know, I like I never really kind of thought of it as being like one of the best games of all time. It probably wouldn't be in my particular case, but as far as like one of the more I don't know modern games, I guess like in like you know late two thousands up until now, um, that's definitely like high up there for sure. So just letting everyone know here that Candace had to bounce early. Um, the story with uh, everything going on around her, including a dead squirrel, I guess, um, uh, has uh, basically kind of taken her off the show for the time being here. But uh, hopefully she'll be back at some time. But at least in this episode, anyway, it's just, it's just going to continue with just Susan and I. Uh, so with that, I do have a game code to give away here for The Pit Infinity on Steam. So The Pit Infinity is a hybrid roguelike first-person shooter game that combines classic roguelike procedural levels with RPG and crafting elements in first-person shooter combat. Somewhere at the bottom of The Pit is a cure that can save your people if you can reach it in time, but death waits around every corner. So if that sounds like a jam, definitely jump on this. Again, this is a Steam code. The code is K5PZ9KP7PR3JF30. Again, that's the pit. Infinity on Steam. Enjoy. And if you do redeem that, definitely let us know at our podcast on Twitter. Hi, I'm Justin. And I'm Josh. And we host the Pretty OK Gamers podcast. Think of our show as water cooler conversations with a little less gossip and a little more geeking out. My Halo, I think, is Legend of Zelda. What? No way. Yeah. No. Who are you again? I'm Justin, and we're, we're <laughs> rather okay at playing pretty good games. No, no. Every week, we talk about games and their history, and even ask ridiculous questions like, are open world games even good? So come join us every Sunday on the HP Gaming Podcast Network. See you there. See ya. So that's going to lead us now into our main topic, which is looking back at Resident Evil 4. So uh, I figure uh, Chris and I here will talk about like what made it stand out from other games in the franchise. And, um, you know, I know for you, Chris, like this is like your favorite Resident Evil game in the franchise, or at least one of, right? Uh, yeah, I would say I'm not saying it's the best, but it's definitely my favorite. It's the one that made me fall in love with the series. How would you like rank this among like the Resident Evils, like at least like the top ones in your mind? 
Funny you say that. Uh, I've been working on a ranking tier list for this series just because like on my own accord, not for like a website or anything. Uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake and 7, I think, are both top of the line. Uh, exactly shows it showcases exactly what the series is about, but in completely different ways, mm-hmm. uh, as well as 4 and 1 Remake. Basically, I think RE4 is, is S tier. It's one of the top four best games in the series. And uh, if you notice, the other three I put in there are all like very, very different like the four corners of of the <laughs> series you know like the series has been so diverse over the years and i think that four is kind of the best blending of all the best elements whether it's action puzzles horror or the over-the-top storyline it's it's just always taking everything that the series had already shown before and just kind of turning it up to 11 uh so whether you know it was a a ridiculous boss fight or uh, you know, with Krauser, like the knife fight that's three and a half oh, minutes God. long, full yeah, of Yeah, the events. knife fight was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's, uh, from a speedrun perspective, actually, that's like one of the most iconic scenes because it's the only scene in the game you can't skip. So speedrunners will actually quote Krauser as coming out and saying all his really corny lines like, uh, <laughs> like you, I'm American. This entry really just brought everything out into a way where it could kind of break the mold that people were putting it in because everyone used to say, and some people still to this day say, you know, RE, uh, Resident Evil is a zombie series. And that's just not true. I mean, the bioterrorism thing has always been in there anyway. Like, especially when you think of, um, of like the original name of the series anyways, Biohazard. Biohazard, um, exactly. You know, so that kind of speaks more to like what the series is all about, at least going by the, the original name. Um, but yeah, like a lot of people kind of like think of it as like, oh, just like zombies or at least like enemies that look like zombies. But with like Resident Evil 4, I mean, it went into that... Uh, was it Las Plagas or whatever they're called? <laughs> whatever, like yeah. The... But people love to champion uh, Resident Evil Three uh, Nemesis, the original. But Nemesis is literally a parasite. Like he is not, he's not a zombie. He literally has a parasite very akin to what the Ganados have in RE Four. You know, it just showed what the series really was and kind of got rid of the the ever uh, ever hanging shadow of people saying, you know, this is a zombie game. We need zombies everywhere, and mm-hmm. it just brought Resident Evil up to the next level. I mean, was it more people saying it was a zombie game or more of like people saying it's a survival horror game and then it kind of getting away from it being survival horror as it went on, especially after four? Especially after four, yes. Like five five is a fun action game. It's not it's not an amazing game or anything. I wouldn't even say it's a great game. But I, I really like five for what it was. But I think four, uh, people try to write four off for not having any horror or, or survival horror elements, which is definitely not true since like ammo is pretty scarce in four. Mm-hmm. four is when they started bringing the the difficulty adjuster which is basically like the better you do the harder the game gets from four on every resident evil has had that I mean, especially with getting rid of the of the tank controls as well that, that was certainly you know certainly a big part of it and um like you said like having that perfect mix i guess of like survival horror and action and um that's certainly very prevalent when you look back in hindsight so, you know as far as like going into like five and, and then into six as it kind of progressed along um and yeah, you do have like those people who are certainly detractors of Resident Evil 4. But like, I, I think like a lot of that concern was kind of like at the beginning, but you, you, I think there was still like a lot of hype anyway beforehand. Like I know I was very hyped anyway, like the first time I saw like, I think it was Game Informer or some magazine like that, uh, where, where they show the um, the guy with the burlap sack with like the chainsaw, like chainsawing exactly, into like yeah. Leon's shoulder. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, what is this game? Tell me that game's not scary. And then, right. and then have that guy, I think his name is El Salvador. Or the the regenerators with the Iron Maidens at the yeah. on the island at the end. Those are among some of the scariest enemies in the series. And people, for some reason, think, well, like, oh, well, 
I could actually run in that game and shoot. Uh, it can't be scary. It's an action game. It's like, no, it's it's a horror game with with decent controls. Right. Uh, not as good as, you know, five. <laughs> Just or, decent or enough, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just enough to make you so, you know, you can actually have some fun with it. But I get really f- not flustered with it, but I get really I get really passionate with it because this is a game I care very much about. And uh, I have criticisms of it and it has its problems for sure. But the problems that went down in history for are, I think, kind of overlooked. So we did talk like a little bit about this in the news earlier, uh, you know, earlier in the episode here. But do you think that Resident Evil Four still holds up today? Yes and no. It's it's right on the cusp. That's why I think we we should be about five years out from like a true remake because like it's it's not to the point where it's unplayable. Mm-hmm. But it is definitely showing its age now. Like it's starting. It's like me, you know. Like you can see that the my hairline's starting to go away. But like I'm, <laughs> I still look all right. You know, I'm still, I'm yeah. still looking okay. Got some wrinkles here and there, but like you're still holding together, anyways. <laughs> I'll get Rogue in like five years. You know, like I'll, that's when I'll really start spending the money on them. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily exactly the time for it, but I mean, it is one of the best games in the series. And if they really wanted to make it. I trust them. You know, like, like I said, even though people have not been super happy on three, I really think that three is one of the most uh, best modernizations of a of a '90s game I've seen so far because mm. it's not what people wanted because it's not two. Neither was the original. Uh, the original was very much an acting game. Like you know, two two was basically the oracle of of what seasons. Like you remember uh, the the Zelda? Zelda. Yeah, yeah. They handled, <laughs> it was like one one was a a puzzle game was an action game. That's literally what two and three are for Resident Evil. I think it, it would be nice to have a remake of four, but I would like to wait a little bit longer. There are certainly some things anyway with Resident Evil four that haven't aged well at all. And like I think maybe that's like a lot of it's just like it's I don't know Resident Evil isms, if you will, as far as like the voice acting and certainly with like the visuals and yeah. uh, certainly the visuals of that time anyway for games back then, like where they did have that uh, dialogue is so cringy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The dialogue, certainly. I mean, like, as far as, like, with, like, the uh, little creepy Napoleon guy, whatever, and, like, just kind of hearing, like, the banter between, like, you know, him and Leon is just like, oh, my God, it's like a cringe yeah. fest, pretty much, you know? I mean, the game ends, like, the after credits cutscene is him literally hitting on his, uh, the woman on the radio. Right. It's literally him hitting on her, getting denied, and he goes, story of my life. And that's how it ends. <laughs> yeah. And it's embarrassing, because I'm like, this is, like, one of my favorite games. I can't, and I can't handle this shit. We gotta, we gotta update this. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. I mean, it kind of feels like, I guess, like a game of its time, but it's it's still very much, I guess, kind of keeping to, again, like those Resident Evil-isms. I mean, you know, as far as like how, the, how the dialogue is, um, you know, how some of the storytelling is, whatever. I mean, like a lot of like what makes Resident Evil fun, really, are like the set pieces and like the boss fights and just, you know, having that like perfect balance of like having the tools that you need in order to get through the game, but just enough you know exactly yeah like it's almost like a ammo and weapon scarcity but to a point where it's like you're never really out but you're never really stocked either it's kind of like a management game in a lot of ways you know as far as like especially the inventory in four the inventory yeah and that's that's like always like a big thing too with like the resident evil games as far as like you know having to make make those tough choices as far as like what it is that you're going to bring at any given time whenever you hit like a chest or whatever um, or when you get to like the merchant, like the merchant that's like everyone loves in Resident Evil Four, and I think that's like a big reason why yes. too. Like this game is so beloved, honestly, is because of the merchant. 
you know i mean like even like the merchants like line i mean that's that's what we use for the what are you playing i mean it's just like welcome and all that stuff yeah, i noticed so, I mean, that when i was reading <laughs> yeah exactly well, I, I saw the way you wrote it i was like simply play in words totally totally uh, yeah but um i mean like you know that and like you know there's like a lot of like just kind of iconic things in it but i think like you know personally for me anyway and like you know i'm not sure if you feel this way as well but leon to me feels like true resident evil like any game with leon in it is like true resident evil in a lot of ways um, even like his like levels in Resident Evil Six, they're meant to kind of harken back really to classic Resident Evil in a lot of ways, you know. I, yeah, I definitely felt that way for a long time. For me, he was like the poster boy of the series as a kid, mm-hmm. uh, especially when Four came out. Like that was like I, I was a blonde, I was a blonde twelve year old in two thousand four. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, this is my hero. I was, yeah. like, <laughs> I was like, this is who I'm going to grow up to be. And like now, I'm like. Oh. story of my life (laughs) story of my life (laughs) i really i really liked him a lot as opposed to the the series but i think as time has gone on i think that i've realized the the men in resident evil are not as interesting as the women like Mm -hmm. for me now i'm I'm totally team claire and team jill I mean, Claire is a lot more fun to play as, honestly, in the remake for Resident Evil 2. Absolutely. And she has a speed boost if you're in caution, so that's cool. Oh, there you go. So, you know, as far as, like, the games that, like, inspired it as well, I mean, like, because this game was kind of, like, a big deal, I know, certainly in, like, developer circles, at least with, like, developers who I've talked to, uh, certainly with friend of the show, Bill Gardner. I mean, he is a big fan of this game, I know, and... Um, you know, it's it's kind of like influenced him certainly as far as like you know the games that, you know he's worked on with like the Bioshock series for example. Um, he's just kind of like big into like horror in general anyway. So like the Resident Evil franchise is like up up his alley. But I feel like anyone who has like you know ha- who has an appreciation for horror um, in general and media uh, will definitely look to Resident Evil. And I think with Resident Evil Four, if you appreciate that gameplay side of it as well, it, it does kind of feel like that perfect mishmash of like all these elements that kind of come into play um that really kind of speaks i guess to the people who are looking for survival horror but still want something that's more action oriented or at least allows you to move a bit better anyway uh than like the tank controls from the games before it no absolutely and i mean whether or not people like resident Evil 4 it's undeniable it's it's a footprint on the industry you know from basically changing third person shooters forever totally but also creating uh one of the biggest action game series of all time and some cool spin-offs such as uh, I don't know if you know this but uh Haunting Ground was also one of like the prototypes for Resident Evil 4. Oh okay. Um and the dog that's on the you know that's a titular character of of the game and is also uh, on the cover is actually in Resident Evil 4. He's the dog you save right at the beginning and you you open oh, the bear claw and let him out. Yeah. His name is uh, Howie or Huey. I always forget. I say <laughs> Howie. It's a, a better better sounding word but i like that for like a dog name anyway so yeah <laughs> yeah exactly uh so i mean between that and then uh the devil may cry series is, was also that started as resident Evil 4 like they basically were well i guess resident Evil 4 started as devil may cry we should say that's a, one of the biggest action game series of all time so not only is it changing not only did it changed third person shooters forever but it also gave birth to one of the most popular series of uh, modern gaming as well yeah Totally, totally. I mean, because, like, I'm, like, thinking back to, and, like, obviously with, like, Dead Space, we, like, mentioned that during the stage of history as far as being heavily influenced by Resident Evil 4, but I'm I'm even thinking of, like, just other third-person uh, games anyway, like, and even, like, that, like, I would say even that, like, um, like how tight that the uh, camera is to, to Leon's back in Resident Evil 4, um, you know, that's certainly influenced as far as, like, how action games kind of, like, are framed and look from then on. Um, I would say I would even go as far actually that Gears of War was probably influenced by by Resident Evil Four. A oh, bit. absolutely. 
As far as like uh, favorite memories in the game, though, um, you know, it's kind of curious, like, you know, especially with you, like being like a huge, you know, like a huge fan of, of this particular game. Uh, what are your favorite memories playing through it? Uh, for me, I, I I really think that what shines the most in four is the boss battles. Uh, they found a way to make genuinely fun gimmicks work in a boss battle. And they're always like really diverse arenas, really diverse. It's not like, you know, they're not all human, they're not all hulking monsters. You go everything from a literally a human to like a giant ogre, you know? Like yeah. It's, <laughs> it's literally everything in between as well. Monsters, humanoid things, uh, bugs. Like it's, it's basically a little bit of everything and they kept changing it. So every boss fight, you know, they'll say, all right, this one is in a burning barn. This next one is in a place with like a lava pit in the middle and you have to fight two ogres. And <laughs> it's, it's so ridiculous, but in I think the best way possible, like it's, it's the best way to make a corny action game. Totally, totally. And you, you actually just reminded me actually of that, uh, of that boss battle in the burning barn. And yeah, I, like I remember like just being like, there's like, there's like a super tense fight really, you know, cause like you only have like so much room really to move around. in. so you're just kind of constantly like almost trying to hug the wall, but the walls in this case are flames. So you see like, you're, you're trying to yeah. like, you know, kind of like <laughs> no toe that I... line. Yeah, totally. And like, it, it's just like an amazing boss fight. And like certainly with, um, like I forget the name of that enemy, but he was just kind of like that recurring enemy they would see. He was kind of like that hulking presence, and seeing him in like you know in that final form, if you will, uh, throughout that battle was just like amazing. And um, that, as well as like, the boss fight against uh, whatever that like giant like uh, sea creature, like fish, whatever in the in the water, and you're on the boat. Oh, uh, the lago. The lago, <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. yeah, it was just like it was just like incredible. And that that was also like it, it certainly kind of spoke to like some of like my fears certainly as far as like having like this creature that's like in the water and underneath you and all that and like you know just trying to like beat him like on his own terms like it was just like incredible in that case you know but like for me I think like the point of that game that always jumps out at me and like I, I always kind of like you know fall back on honestly is, is the very beginning when you first get into the town you're first seeing the townspeople and they're like you know burning like an effigy or whatever like in the middle of town and uh you're basically just trying to like figure out like what the hell is going on and like you're literally you know running like like the game does like a mass like a masterful job honestly of leading you like where you need to go and so you go into like a house you're like barricading the door you're going up the stairs you jump out the window there's like a, you know there's like uh, ladders going up and you're trying to knock down the ladders to keep the guys off you <laughs> what an interesting design choice as well like what an interesting design, uh, design choice to make that one of the hardest parts in the entire game is in that first level it's almost like a FromSoft game where they're just like hey like you're gonna learn or you're gonna quit right here, right at the start <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah i mean like yeah i mean i like i i wouldn't say that that part was you know i guess like difficult enough i guess to get people to quit the game but i i guess just because i haven't really heard too many people like say that they quit the game like right from the right from the very beginning i always kind of thought that that was like very interesting as far as like kind of like really kind of throwing you into shit if you will as far as like okay i'm in this like dire situation right from the beginning i'm just like here to kind of check out what the hell's going on in this town you know people are burning bodies you know i got yeah. this guy with a burlap sack and a chainsaw that's chasing after me this is like okay like i need to like just get the <laughs> hell out of here just like take down as many of these as i can and the, you know you you clearly don't have like enough like ammo or guns or whatever at that point so you're literally just like just trying to fend people off and just get away and like you know again like it's just like the way it leads you in that first part it's just it's just so well done it's it's basically like the first level of the game if you kind of consider it that no, and absolutely it's like I would consider that to be like one of the most like 
well-designed first levels of any modern game really like it just does such a great job because it, it still gives you that feeling that you could go anywhere but the game just leads you very well without making you feel like it's a, like a linear path you know yeah and it, it does a really good job with that like kind of uh because i mean you're revisiting areas throughout the game it still has like that that essence of you know the original trilogy where the location that you're set in is a huge set piece that you're going to break every direction you're going to find new ways that you know they attach to shortcuts that go through churches and everything usually connects uh you know look at the mansion or or the raccoon city police department it's similar that way a little more like you said linear and kind of holds your hand a little bit more than they used to but it makes it feel a little bit open almost like a like the remember the tomb raider games the newer ones are kind of like linear open world yeah it tries to kind of toe the line a little bit with that yeah yeah it toes the line a little bit but uh ultimately definitely becomes a little bit more linear and kind of led us to the path with five and being a little too linear yeah um i could definitely tell you what is my least favorite part of the game and that's the maze the dogs <laughs> i'm not oh, a fan God. of that part at all <laughs> now me either i would say not the the invisible bugs are like yeah that's the part where i give it to my cousin and be like all right well it's your turn to play now like you're gonna do this part and i will right after this that's often. the sewers part right uh yeah exactly yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, oh, God, yeah. Sewers I mean, always suck. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like reminding myself now of that part, but yeah, also like the maze and uh, like I like because I've replayed the game I think like three times now at this point, and every time I get to to like those two parts, I know I'm, it's always kind of like an audible. Uh, all right, guy, I got through this part, you know, kind of thing. So, <laughs> yeah. Um. So that, that you know that is one of the things anyway with like a Resident Evil Four remake that like I do hope that they. Uh, work on anyway at least like you know if they do bring back those elements of uh, you know of like the original game that they make them more fun or just more interesting in some ways because um yeah they're, they're, they're you know as we mentioned before Res- resident evil 4 still holds up but not so much in some ways like it, it is very much on that that cusp if you will so we'll definitely wait and see on that with with resident evil 4 remake as uh, as we hear more about it i'm sure we will so uh but i do have some list of responses here to go through uh you know as far as like favorite memories in resident evil 4 uh starting off with uh with good buddy here nick shively who says the fight with u3 one of the only creepy moments in the game i don't know if you remember the the u3 fight i think u3 is also known as it in the in the game okay yeah, the boss yeah. Fight. So yeah. The, yeah he has like the crab mouth that comes out and yeah you have to, like it's it's actually like a uh, how would you call it? Almost like it gives you that same uh, anxiety feeling from like Crash Bandicoot when like the boulders chasing you because the, the whole first part <laughs> of the fight is just a like run from point A to point B kind of thing and like you have to open all the security doors first and then it turns off to like a, an entire like arena battle one on one. That's a really cool one. Totally, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm already here also David Craddock, who says, I think people are overlooking tension in favor of Creepy. The Resident Evil franchise has excelled because of tension, and that tension takes different forms. My favorite segment in the game is in the water room, where you have to watch out for Ashley while she turns cranks to raise a bridge, while at the same time fighting off cultists closing in on your position. The music during that set piece never fails to get my heart racing. Um, I do remember that part, and uh, I, you know, I, it is kind of funny that we've been talking about Resident Evil Four and not talk about Ashley at this point because yeah. I think <laughs> I think she is absolutely the weakest character throughout the game, and certainly the hundred oh, percent. Yeah, I mean, like whenever you have her like around you, uh, you know, she, she's basically like the escort mission character more or less, yeah. and. Um, whenever she's like around, it's always kind of like, okay, I'm not gonna have fun now at this point anymore. You know, the game. the only good escort mission game. You know, like there's there's way too many escort missions in that game, but like 
somehow like they basically said hey we know that these suck so you can put her in the trash wherever you are and it doesn't matter <laughs> right. like, they can't get her so it's just like they, why'd you even include this maybe right put her in the trash right where she belongs <laughs> I, I like that david mentions that the you know tension is is a overlooked aspect because that's what i was thinking when you mentioned the camera is you know like the game still kind of has tank controls like you can you you walk and shoot besides the obviously the uh, aim exactly towards body parts but right the actual walking and aiming aspect feels exactly the same as it used to it just a different camera angle mm-hmm. um you it's still move a like a camera angle anyway yeah yeah you still move like a stiff tank and like you turn very slowly if if there was a fixed camera and there are actually fixed camera mods uh and when you see them it looks like an old resident evil game mm. uh so i actually love the camera for that because it does add a lot of attention you could be surrounded on your left and right side and still not see enemies and uh, so it kind of still creates that tension that they wanted to that kind of misconception of of safety yeah um but i I will say that that water part sucks so david i disagree with you on that part uh then there's michael russell who who says uh, effortlessly blasting heads off with the wiimote uh so i don't know if you played the wii version of resident evil 4 at all there oh i have and it's my favorite version david Really? I don't say that too often because I get some weird looks, but since we're here for it, might as well yeah. let the truth come out. And that, that's actually a huge problem people had with the Switch version is we were all excited when it got announced because we're like, oh my God, we're getting the best version in HD. This is going to be so cool. Mm-hmm. And they brought they didn't bring a single feature from the Wii version to the Switch version. Was it essentially the GameCube version then? Or? Uh, so it was it was the PS2 version, which had like the special assignment 8 emissions and all like the oh, cool right. like new stuff, but with uh with motion controls and i know it's like oh god motion controls but yeah <laughs> uh, they, they did it right uh you could actually play with the remember the the wii motion zapper like the oh, kind right. of a gun yeah so you could actually you would actually aim with with the controller itself as a gun and it was way more intuitive way more, way more precise uh but to be fair it was a lot easier but <laughs> it was just i mean it's a fun action game so why not have fun with it I mean, when you were talking about before about like the way that you aim in Resident Evil Four, um, it instinctively made me think of light gun shooters. So, and you know, I totally forgot actually about the Wii version, like how that operates. But I did play that very briefly. I remember because a friend of mine had it, and um, yeah, like it does kind of feel like a light gun shooter uh, more yeah. in some ways with that version, like an exploratory light gun a game, which is yeah. Uh, I mean, not really. I guess I, I guess I'm uh, describing a first-person shooter in that way, but it was just something special. All right, I'll definitely want to check out then if you haven't checked out the Wii version of Resident Evil Four. Uh, then there's Stephen Balcott who says, "When I found out flash grenades killed the headbusters instantly," and uh, yeah, that's definitely a pro <laughs> tip right there if you if you if you didn't know already. Uh, then there's Aiden Kerwin who says, "The fight against Krauser, too much fun," and we talked a little bit about that. Uh, that yeah. is that is a very very fun part. It can be infuriating sometimes because I know there's uh, some quick time events uh, involved with it too. Um, but just like the way that's like set up and like cinematically, like the way it plays out is just really, really cool. And like, that's, that's actually like the one part I know of, um, you know, if there is going to be like a Resident Evil 4 remake, uh, I would, I really, really looking forward to seeing how that is like shot and like, you know, done and all that stuff. Like, I just really want to see, you know, see what that looks like in, uh, in like, you know, in in like a modern game, basically. It's such a shame because Krauser is such a a well-known character and his, his use in the series is so tiny. Like he's been one of the light gun spinoffs and, uh, and even in four, like I remember him so well, but playing through it on switch again last year, I was like, holy shit, like this guy is literally in the game for two hours. (laughs) 
Like he's he comes right, in for that yeah. fight, and you're he's like Krauser, and you're like, I have no idea who this man is, but okay. <laughs> he's there for a, you know for such a short amount of time, but uh, yeah, he he just leaves like such an impact, really. And like I think a lot of that has to do honestly with the way that that Leon reacts to him. It's just like, oh, this guy. It's like, and so you could tell yeah. that the history is there, and so it really elevates like as <laughs> well, far Leon as Leon like, knows him, I know him exactly. Yeah, yeah. So like it really elevates as far as like you know what his status is or what he's capable of before you even see him in action. It's just like, oh, he sounds like a badass. He looks like a badass. Like he must be a badass. And you go into the knife fight. It's like, oh shit, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, he is a badass. Damn it. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> um. So yeah, so uh, there's Brian Shelton who says the regenerators and Iron Maidens always freaked me out. That and the Oven Man. I don't know if you remember the Oven Man at all. Actually, I always thought it was a fridge, but he comes out on fire, so I guess it doesn't make sense. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fire fridge because um, I know like if you get like close to like the furnace, like I'm trying to like, remember it exactly how the scene plays out, but it's it's really well done because. It, it just kind of activates like when you get close enough to like the furnace and he just comes popping out. So you just have to like react and move back or to the side or shoot him right then and there or whatever it may be. Um, Cause I always like hear everyone kind of call him like the oven man because that's so. yeah. <laughs> um, the oven man. Yeah. <laughs> but like, cause um, you know, cause there's one thing I, I also remember too, cause uh, Leon's always known for his quips there as well. Um, I, I remember he says like after, uh, after that guy dies, um, asking like why why he was even in there to to begin with, <laughs> you know. So it's kind of like the player <laughs> in a lot of ways in that instance is a lot of fun. Then there's Marvin Sisson. He says battle against Krauser and Ramon Salazar. Now Ramon, if I remember correctly, he's the guy who helps you out at first, but then he turns on you, right? Oh no, Ramon is actually. Uh... Oh wait, sorry, Salazar. Wait, yeah. So Salazar is the is the shorter guy that you're talking about. That's really annoying. Oh, the um, Napoleon that's Salazar guy, and Sadler. Yeah, Napoleon yeah. Dude. That's right. So that's uh, Salazar, but his his boss battle is pretty cool. He has like the his like two right hand men. Those guys were called like Vertigo, and like for his boss battle, he takes one of them and like pulls it into his little cocoon and becomes a real a real nasty boy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a real nasty boy coming out there. Yeah, real nasty. Yeah. Uh, then there's Todd Douglas Collins who says, "I bought a GameCube back in the day just to play this game. I only had it and Madden." <laughs> so it shows like the impact there on the on the, on the GameCube library anyway. Uh, then there's Lucas D. Hendrick, who says, My favorite memory would be thinking to myself, hmm, a Resident Evil game for the Wii? Sure, I'll play it. It shouldn't take that long. <laughs> Which um, I think that's like one thing actually about Resident Evil 4 that surprises some people is that fact that it is it is considerably longer than the other games before it. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's probably, I want to say it's the longest campaign in, in any of the mainline series. I mean, besides maybe six, but that's, that's four campaigns, so that's kind of cheating. Yeah. Then there's Tyler Zufall who says the game was so good, but I had such a blast playing Mercenaries with friends, trying to see who could do the best. Uh, now I, I played Mercenaries a little bit because I, I originally played Resident Evil Four on the PS2, um, and uh, it was pretty fun for what it was. It wasn't anything that kind of grabbed me for like an extended period of time, but it was fun enough. I'm I'm not sure if that was like something that, that you explore much yourself. Or... Yeah, Mercenaries has been a staple of the series since three, uh, but I think four did it the best. I know that. You know, in, in six and five, they tried adding all these cool elements that were uh, like five had uh, competitive mercenaries, which sounds cool until like you're literally getting shot by uh, Chris Redfield from like across a stadium. And you're like, all right, <laughs> this is not <laughs> this is not Resident Evil anymore. This is a a bad shooter. Yeah, but uh, I, I mean, Ford did the best. You know, they had a really diverse range of characters, uh, all the different set pieces from the island to the village to the castle. And they all had like little mini bosses. It, it's still the best version of Mercenaries 2 today. Uh, except maybe I have not played. I know people really enjoy the DS Mercenaries game. It's literally just 
a Resident Evil Mercenaries game only. It's only Mercenaries. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and I haven't really dabbled with that, uh, so I, I can't really speak on that. But besides that, I would say it's the best version of Mercenaries they've made so far. Hmm. All right. Uh, then there's Joe Elbor, who says, One of my favorite games growing up. I remember finally beating Mercenaries and getting the hand cannon, saving every grenade I had after multiple runs and doing a knife grenade-only run. Well, as much as I could, still had wow. to kill some bosses with a rocket. But, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty impressive there. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a run <laughs> they, that, that you tried out yourself in your speed runs at all. Or... I have not, but there are there are knife-only runs. Uh, I have done I've done two knife-only runs in Resident Evil 2 Remake, one on assisted and one on standard. I was going to go for hardcore, but then I decided that I loved myself and I didn't want to <laughs> <love> myself. <Yeah. laughs> then there's Carlos A. Garcia II, who says, I loved how when it came out, people kept telling me that it was like the villagers were coordinating. I listened. They told me everything they were doing, just in Spanish. <laughs> so, um, I think that's also kind of like uh, adds like a little bit to the um, creepy vibe, uh, you know, especially if you don't know Spanish or like, you know, as far as like what they're saying. I'm not sure if they actually speak Spanish or if they speak like a made-up language. Well, they do They do speak Spanish. I used to have a friend uh, who I would play with and I'd be like, so like that's how I learned what merda is, which is like shit in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> it's If you do actually understand Spanish, they, I guess that gives you a bit of an upper hand. But you're still running for your life either way. <laughs> anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then there is Danny Brancat, who says, My cousins were running their parents' bottle shop, and there was a tiny TV in the back room. I would take my GameCube and Resident Evil 4, and we would be there for hours on end, just chilling out, waiting for customers and playing Resident Evil 4. So that's that's definitely the life back then, for sure. <laughs> and then there's Kimo Carter, who says, When I quit at the part of protecting Ashley with a sniper rifle. <laughs> <Yep>. uh, <laughs> so again, Ashley is very, very polarizing for a lot of people, for sure. Uh, and then there's Brittany La- uh, Brittany Labor who says my favorite game the first game uh, the first time I saw Garador damn or the Chainsaw Dude <laughs> oh my god yeah those, those uh, the Garadors are like the the blind guys right I think so, like the yeah. ones completely blind and they only attack based off sound that's right that's right yeah yeah they were they were pretty creepy for sure <laughs> so uh, and then there's Hassan Scarborough who says facing those invisible Novastodors, uh, I believe is what they're called uh, being chased by del Lago uh, seeing it for the first time seeing the villagers working together and Leon quips uh, my favorite game my favorite game ever and hell yeah to the remake that's coming <laughs> so uh, def- definitely banking on that the last comment we have here is from uh, Carlos Rivera who says trying to survive in the cabin while the infected were trying to break in reminded me of Night of the Living Dead <laughs> um, so I think uh, the part that he's talking about is with you and the um, uh, what's like the Spanish Lewis. guy it was with Luis yeah that's right yeah yeah so you're both like uh, well it's like- actually Mm-hmm. it's Luis I guess but as one of my favorite parts about that game is the terrible voice acting from Leon and he just like when uh, Luis dies he just goes like Luis <laughs> most, like, <laughs> most Americanized version of totally. it but uh Lewis, actually, no. <laughs> Lewis, no. <laughs> but there's a uh, there's actually a whole segment in uh, Resident Evil 3 remake that's very like I wouldn't even say reminiscent it's like they realize what they had from Resident Evil 4 and that whole like you know, final stand battle with uh, Luis. Yeah. <laughs> that they basically copied that and brought it to every level three remake. And it's a really fun little segment. Cool. All right. And uh, thank you to everyone there for sharing your favorite Resident Evil 4 memories. Definitely a lot of good ones there. Choose your character. So that's going to lead us now to the part of the show called Random Select, which is a yes or no 15 question game to guess which video game character that I am this week. Uh, so basically, it's going to be you, Chris, uh, asking 15 yes or no questions or up to 15 yes or no questions to guess which video game character that I am. So 
Uh, yeah, so whenever you're ready, you can start with the first yes or no question. Okay. Uh, are you from a horror game? Yes. Are you the protagonist? I am a protagonist, yes. Are you saying you're playable there? Or, you know, I'll use that as a third question. Are you playable? <laughs> am I playable? Yes. Okay. Hmm. Did your series start before the 360 PS3 generation? Yes. Did your series start during the PS1 generation? Yes. Are you from a sequel? Um, like, did I originate from a sequel? Yeah, did you originate from a sequel? Sorry. No. Hmm. Okay, horror series from the PS1 slash... Actually, uh, let me ask this. Uh, your original game, was it multi-platform? Or at least known for being multi-platform. Like, if it's, like, some weird, like... CDI, like. <laughs> um, I'll say yes. It was multi-platform. It was okay. Technically, it's multi-platform. Yeah. Does your series uh, have fixed cameras? Yes. <laughs> mm. All right. So, a playable horror game protagonist from the '90s, probably. Well, start in the '90s. Could be Silent Hill. It could be Parasite Eve. Well, actually, no. Parasite Eve is not a series. Well, there are two games, so it could be a series. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're right. Actually, yeah. Hmm. What could it be? <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. Let me let me try to narrow this down. Uh, is there is combat a common? No, sorry. Is there combat in this game? Um. <clears throat> there is, but I wouldn't say that's the main focus. At least not early on. We'll say, at least on my debut, I'll just say that. Crap, this is this is hard when you're by yourself. Nervous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was banking to have Candace be part of this as well, but uh, yeah. Dang it, Candace, <laughs> leave me hanging. Yeah, I know. That's that's where that's where we're left off here. <laughs> no, we we got this. We got this. You yourself and I. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're a team, right? Like you're, you want me to win this, right? <laughs> mm, that's debatable. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you do know uh, that they are a uh, survival horror character um, from the PS1 era, or at least where they debuted from. Um, fixed camera angle. Are there zombies in this game? Yes. Are there zombies in the games where I'm from? Yes. Uh, is, I mean, is this part of the Resident Evil series then? Yes, I am in the Resident Evil Oh, okay. Series. Okay, I didn't expect it to... <laughs> <laughs> Was I supposed was I supposed to know it was gonna be like part of this series or was that am I just on the right track? Uh you're on the right track, yeah. I mean, okay. you know, you do know now that I am a Resident Evil character, so Yeah. Um so I guess in that case is this a playable character from Resident Evil One. Yes. Okay. That's twelve now. Uh, okay, well then I guess this this I've got it then. Uh are you a female? Yes. Are you the one and only Jill Valentine? I am Jill Valentine. Yes, got a 14. Nice job. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely trickier when you have to do it by yourself. But um, yeah, I do typically try to do random select when there's a group, but you were able to crush it there by yourself there. So awesome job there, Jill Valentine. I will say my uh, my wife and I play video game 20 questions pretty frequently. So 
Oh, okay. I was prepared for this. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. You know, I almost lost. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, well, you got it there, so your wife can be very proud. Um, and I uh, just want to give some uh, patron shout-outs here uh, who are $2 and up. There's Francisco Limas, Mac the Ball, Michael Butler, and Rosaline Della Russo. So thank you very much, everyone, for helping support the show. And if you, too, would also like to support the show, you could check us out at patreon.com slash rcast with all the different perks that we offered there. So thank you very much for, for helping support us. And uh, Chris, where can people go in order to find you online? Uh, the best place to find me is definitely on Twitter. Probably just by looking up Chris Souza, honestly. It's uh, S-O-U-Z-A, not, not S-A. I'm not one of those. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> He's the Souza. <laughs> yeah, Souza. <laughs> yeah, I'm mostly on Twitter, especially like right now. I'm uh... Actually, right now I'm taking a little bit less time on social media. I think it's kind of nice to... You know, I've I spent a little too much time on screens, I think, since the whole... Mm. COVID situation got I think we all do honestly so <laughs> yeah so I've been trying to get away a little bit but uh you, know, you can find me there talking about Resident Evil and post a lot of pictures of my cats yeah <laughs> uh, as well as you know anything else I'm playing so yeah please follow me on there and let me know if you have any questions my DMs are always open if you'd like to send us any feedback opinions retro games or topics for us to cover or anything at all really you can email us at ardcast at retrozap.com And be sure to check out RetroZap.com for all sorts of other amazing podcasts. It's your home away from home if you're crazy about Star Wars, Animaniacs, or pop culture in general. There's also us with Arcast, so be sure to find us on iTunes to subscribe, give us five stars, and tell your neighbors. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. So there's absolutely no reason to not follow another retro gaming podcast. And you can also follow ArcCast on Twitter at ArcPodcast. Same thing on Facebook, facebook.com slash ArcPodcast. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TheGuiltyMan. And yeah, that is episode 204 of ArcCast in the books. And until next time, keep it retro. Welcome everyone, my name is Vaughn Hyde. I'm the host of IndiePod, an indie games podcast. With the help of my illustrious co-host, the biggest of average Josh Boys, we bring you all the indie games news you need to know, as well as shouting out some amazing indie games over on crowdfunding sites and occasionally derailing to a conversation about big anime chesticles. We are so happy to be part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network alongside so many other awesome gaming podcasts. So if you love indie games, make sure to listen in each and every Friday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.